0: and breathe everyone we've made it through week three generally speaking there were at least two million bets placed on nfl games in week three alone the public placed all of those bets all that data is available too we can see who the public likes it doesn't like but how can we use that public betting data to win more of our own bets? The answer lies in identifying trends. Identifying when the public is good at betting and when they're bad. And then just bet accordingly. In today's episode of to Sharp with the public, the Happy Hour Sports Boys and I recap the NFL's Week 3 and update the important public betting trends you need to consider before you place your Week 4 bets. We explain it in more detail in the episode, but the public is a fat over in some betting categories, but also better than 85% in a few others. Stuff you don't want to miss out on. We explain what you need to know to use this information in week four and the rest of the season. Nowhere else can you find trends like these, and since we're continuing to get a larger and larger sample size of games every week, the trends are only going to get more powerful. I want as many people as possible to have this information because I know how useful it is, so please share the podcast with someone you know that bets the NFL. Thank you for checking us out, and it's time to sharpen the public. Let's go! Welcome to Sharpen the Public, an NFL and sports gambling podcast made by betters for betters. The only place where you can learn to leverage public betting trends to win more bets. I'm your host, DJ Bianco. Years ago, I started tracking public betting trends for every single game in the NFL. I've been tracking how well the public performs when they are more or less confident, tracking how well the sharps perform when they are more or less confident, tracking how well a team performs when their spread changes throughout a given week. Anything that's publicly available, I track it. I use this historic information to leverage bets that I, and now we, will make in the future. Seeking out trends to find winners is an incredibly exciting topic, and if you've made it this far, I know you're excited too. This is Sharpen the Public. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Sharpen the Public. I'm your host, DJ, back with my co-hosts, Rick and Andy. We had another great weekend of football displayed in week three, and I thought last week we were starting to see some crazy trends, but I'll tell you right now. They're getting even juicier. Before we get into that, though, I do want to hear from our co-hosts, Rick and Andy. Rick, how was
1: your weekend? It was a good weekend. A lot of football to be watched, a lot of football on Sunday. Ended up finishing the week 19 and 19, ironically enough, down, I think, just over a half unit. So nothing too bad. If the Giants under would have come in, then it would have been positive. But nothing really to complain about. Props are the one that killed me. So it was on the right side of a lot of games, but props per usual on me. So not a bad
0: week. The casual 38 bets. I mean, Jesus. It's impressive. I mean, I guess that's just how it goes, but that's a pretty impressive record, I'd say, at 38 bets. Is a large sample size.
1: Well, I'll keep you updated as to what it is this week, because it'll probably be around the same number. So,
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's how it
2: goes on Sundays. Andy, how was your weekend? It was good. I was at Chapel Hill for the Chapel Hill-Notre Dame game, so that was a lot of fun to be there. NFL-wise, for week three as a whole, I went 6-5-1. and one. But then my early bets card that I put out in the middle of the week went three and one for positive a positive 2.25 units, so that was the big win there. Hope everybody was able to jump in on those. And that the lines hadn't moved too much by the time that they read the article.
0: Nice, yeah, awesome. So good weekends from you guys. I had a good weekend as well. Well, until Monday, my article plays went two and two, and I was pretty happy with that. On Sunday, was pretty annoyed with how the Titans game ended. I had the under in that, and I can get to that a little later. But I also was annoyed at the Vikings game because if you, there's a TikTok that I can link in the show notes that was showing that when teams cover or when teams win, typically they cover, I think it's like 41 and eight or something like that, 42 and eight. So, like, you should always take the points if you're betting the favorite and you should always bet the money line if you're betting the dog. But the one game that that lost last week was the game that I was on the Vikings. So. And that was also one of the first losses of our crazy trend that went 11-0 and through the first two weeks where the sharps were greater than 15%. I think it was like 18 or 19 on the Vikings. And of course they lose. But that's how it goes in betting. And I still ended up 2-2 and for my article. 0-2 on Monday. Pretty upset with how that ended, but we can get to that a little later as well.
2: And Monday was garbage. Monday was absolute garbage. I'm 0-5 on Monday Night Football bets this season. It's horrendous. That's what we get for betting on Daniel Jones. That's also what we get for betting on the big media game that doesn't really matter, a Cowboys versus Giants game. No offense to both y'all as NFC East fans, but I, I hate that you guys get half of the, the, either the Thursday night, Sunday night, or Monday night games. It is what it is. I love it. Go uh, Go Birds, 3-0. Go
0: to the Commanders. <laughs> Hail to the Commanders. Might not win another game H-T-T-C. this year, but... So that's how the weekends went. I do want to start off the podcast like I want to do every week and what we have been doing. I want to start with how the public did last week and then get your guys reactions. And then we can go into how this all compiles as a, as a whole through week three, just for week three, the public went eight and eight. So a bit of an increase from what we've seen in the past two weeks or the first two weeks, because they were negative the first two weeks. The over when the public bet, the over was four and six, the public, when they bet the under went two and four. When the sharps were on a team, that team went nine and seven. And then when the money percentage was on a team, that team went 9-7 as well. So what do you guys think? What do you see from that?
1: My main takeaway is that public still can't bet overs. The under-regressed, but the public doesn't know how to read an over. I, th- I, think, it, I think it comes back to the public just wanting to see high-scoring games between the higher-profile players on offense. But that read is still poor uh, year after year and week after week, it seems. So that's my takeaway.
2: Yeah, that same exact takeaway just because you want to see two high-power offenses get after it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen. It's the third episode in a row that we've said that. I feel like it's going to be a constant theme throughout the entire season, though, so get used to hearing it. Yeah, it's definitely something to
0: consider because it's a historic trend, Like right? So it's one of the things where you should fade the public, but that's what this whole thing is, is when should you fade the public and when shouldn't you? Because we all think that Vegas is always right and the public's always wrong, but that obviously doesn't isn't true. People win all the time, so that's why I find this stuff so fascinating. Because finding these trends and finding where the public's confidence is good and bad is is so niche and no one's ever done it. So. It's really exciting
2: to bring to you guys. Did you say how good the public was at betting unders this week? Because I know the public tended to be good at betting unders uh, historically, you had said, in in episode one or two. It's true. So I did
0: say that they went two and four
2: this this week. So a a bit of a
0: regression. Because in week, well, I'll say the totals now. So the totals to date for all of these same categories. So just compiled through week three are as follows. The public in general is 21 and 26. They are 11 and 21 when they bet on the over. They are 9 and 7 when they bet on the under. They are 26 and 21 when the money percentage is on a team. Then they are 27 and 20 when the sharp percentage is on a team. So, again, overs is obviously a thing that sticks out. 11 and 21 is ridiculous. And <laughs> I think that also speaks to the fact that a lot of games this year have gone under, but still is a trend and it's important
1: to track. Correct me if I'm wrong, but my my takeaway from that, aside from the totals, because uh, I feel like we've hit that home pretty hard, is that when the money or the sharps are on a team, typically you should follow the money there. The public betting percentage isn't profitable so far, but it seems like if you were to follow the money and where that increase in money has been, then you're hitting more often than not, even if it's only at what seems like, like quick math, about like a 57% clip or whatever.
0: Am I wrong there or am I right? No, I definitely agree. I think that's one of the major trends that I want to get to just from a sp- specific confidence level, but we'll touch that in a second. But I think you're very right. I think the money is people are putting money where their mouth is and they they know what they're doing in history, historically over the years that I've tracked, it does come back to about even. So that's something that we'll want to consider And even in one of the years it went negative, the money percentage went negative and the sharps were also negative that year. So that's why it's important to kind of, separate each year while also looking at historic trends because every year will be different no matter what, but this year sharps are definitely doing well and I'm not going to go away from that trend until they prove me
1: wrong. I'd like to see how the sharps, how the sharps perform against the public.
0: So you're saying when money is greater than 50 and public is greater than 50, but on different teams.
1: No, what I'm saying is like throughout the course of the season, like right now public is below 500, uh, but if like the money is greater than 500, or the sharps are on uh, a side, um, those both are profiting. Years past, I would, I guess, um, and moving forward, I think it would be interesting to see that, like, even if the sharps and the money are negative, maybe they're uh, hitting at a 45% clip. If they're still outperforming the public on a side, so if like the public is hitting at 40%, you're still doing a little bit better if you're just following the you. money.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's true either. I mean, that's why wow. Sharps are still doing what they're doing and betting a lot of money because they're winning So and winning more than the public because Vegas has a bunch of shiny lights. So what I want to touch on next is kind of the thing that we've really been hammering down, I guess, or at least we hammered down last week and then also during the games and on Sunday and everything, is how the Sharps percentage, when it was greater than 15%, was 11-0 and through two, through two weeks. We saw... A lot of games this week, there's eight total where the sharp percentage was greater than 15%. The totals to date now on that are not 11 and 0, it's now 17 and 2. So the trend is continuing through week three, which is just, it's insane. That 17 and 2, I don't think you can find a trend like that anywhere.
2: No. Yeah, that's not, not a thing. So the fact that this has been a, a gold mine here that we struck is pretty nice.
1: It's getting towards the point where you almost blindly tail, which I would never advise. If it contends, and we end up getting enough of a sample size to where this is clearly profitable, it it's getting towards that point. We talk about following the money, and that's it right there, yeah.
0: The confidence of the sharps i I, I like to define this stuff as confidence. So like when a high, a number is higher, it's more confident. I, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but that's why I say confidence all the time. But confident sharps are killing the game. They are nine and one between twenty and thirty percent sharps and eight and one between fifteen and twenty percent sharps. And we saw, like I said, we said we saw eight games like that last week. We saw the Falcons, they had a 19% sharp. We had the Cardinals, which was one of the losses. They had a 15% sharp. There was the Panthers, they had a 26% sharp. It's insane. Sadly, I was on one of the losses, one of the two losses. I had the Vikings minus five and a half. And of course that also did not hit, but that's just how betting goes for me.
2: What was the sharp percentage on the Vikings game? The Vikings had 21% sharp. Gotcha. And then what was the record of that trend last week? I think it was like 6-2. Yeah, 6-2. So 11-0 uh, plus 6-2, 17-2. Because neither the Monday night... Did the Monday night game... The Monday night game did not have it.
0: And neither did no, the, the Cowboys were pushing that. I was tweeting this out and putting it on Reddit a lot. But the Cowboys were pushing that that number. But it eventually came back when the Giants... A lot of sharps hammered the Giants. So it came, it came back down to... Came down to one percent which is kind of crazy
2: yeah that is a that is crazy that it was like getting pretty close to 15 and then all of a sudden everyone just came in on the uh on the giants
0: yeah it's another point i guess i want to hammer and i'll say this probably every week but i like to wait as long as possible to put in these bets because i really take these trends and the public's betting and confidence into account every week that's why i release my articles on saturday night or sunday morning because i do want to get it out so people can read it but also try and get as much of a gauge on the public's confidence as i can
2: yeah for sure and that makes sense because you got to let the a lot of these guys wait until the last minute anyways to place their bets because they want to see every single equation that goes into that goes into these games they want to factor in any possible thing that is going to affect this so i think that's smart to wait even though uh it is tough for readers. They gotta they gotta like sit there and, and wait for the article until right at the last minute. But it's worth it, guys. I mean, if you wanna if you wanna follow this trend which has been doing very well and, and just follow a lot of these trends in general, then it is worth just waiting until the last minute. Says the guy that puts out his best best article on Tuesdays. Well, that's like that's a different thing because there's there's the lines move throughout the week. So like, like there's they're... on one hand you've got on one hand you've got grabbing early value, which is what I try to do, and then you've got Looking at trends and stuff like that, which is what you do, so it's it's completely different in my opinion. I agree. It's a, it's a great dichotomy
0: we have here, and it's a great plug for Happy Hour Sports. So again, <laughs> thanks for checking us out, guys.
2: Yeah, and my article that DJ just dissed went out earlier today, so check it out, at HappyHourSports.net, or on my Twitter at AndyHHSports.
0: Anyway, let's get back to the to the things that people want to hear. So again, I don't think we'll find a trend better than seventeen and two, and I will continue to to push this and use this. Because it's it's insane. I do think it will regress some at some point. Historically, that number has come closer to even.
2: Wait, how close to even? Because that's that's important.
0: It's usually around fifty-five to sixty percent.
2: So that's still profitable because you want to hit just over. I forget what the decimal is, but you want to hit over a fifty-two percent rate, factoring in um, bookie juice on your bets. So if you're over fifty-two, then that's profitable. But 55 to 60 is incredible when it comes to trends over an extended period of time. So even then, yeah, you're right. Like we could be at risk of regression here, gentlemen, but nonetheless, a kick-ass trend if it's hitting at a 55 to 60% club. For sure.
0: So on the other side of that, I want to touch on what sharps are, like What what's happening to sharps when they're less than that number, because the total for sharps in general is 27 and 20. So when the sharps are less than 15%, That means that they are 10 and 18, which is another opposite trend. So it's not as as crazy as 17 and 2, but 10 and 18 is also not great. So something that when you see a team that has a money percentage, I'm sorry, when the sharpest sharp differential between 0 and 15, they're not doing as hot. And I'll give an example like I've been doing just so you guys can kind of understand where these numbers are coming from. So I'll I'll go with the Falcons again. The Falcons had a 90% money percentage this week and a 71% public percentage. So their, their sharp percentage was 19%, right? 90 minus 71 is 19. They covered. So that's included in that 17 to two record, but yeah, 10 and 18, uh, on the opposite side of that.
1: Yeah. That's, um, I mean, it's a low confidence interval. I mean, that tells me that sharps aren't positive, um, on the winner or they aren't as confident as they are on others. And it's reflecting in that. So. I think that's also an interesting trend that'll probably regress a little bit, but um, long-term data still holds that if they're very confident, they're profitable 55 to 60 percent of the time, which is, as Andy said, um, where you want to land. I mean that that is good profit in the betting world. Um, I mean, really, anything above 50 percent is good. uh, But if you're at 50 percent, you're still going to lose in that bookie juice you mentioned. So.
0: Yeah, definitely. And like what you said but on low confidence, one thing that we touched on in the last podcast was we didn't have as much sample of a sample size as we do now. So I'll tell you the record, but we were seeing that teams when in the lowest interval, my lowest interval confidence interval that I delegated back when I started doing this is between 50 and 55%. And then the sharps, a low sharp interval is zero to 5%. So anytime that any public or money or sharp is in that category, those teams are those teams are going twenty and twenty seven. So when a team is not confident, but they're still swaying one way, that that yields a forty two percent win rate. So on the other side, that's fifty eight percent. So not as great, but still a, an, an important trend to consider
2: is and that's just data from this season through three weeks, or is that right. historically? okay? Yeah, that's not enough for me to necessarily like fade zero to five percent sharp. I get it. That's, that's a decent win percentage if you fade it, but I don't think that's enough for me just yet to go and go ahead and like really start looking for those. Okay. That's why one of
0: the reasons that I want to have this podcast, I don't want to give out plays myself. I want to give everyone information that so they can feel more or less confident in their own bets and win more that way. Like I'm not, I have my own liens and whatever, and I'll put out plays because, and we all give out plays because we love betting and we love the sport. But, I'm not going to claim that I I'm better at betting than anyone else. I'm just, I just have this information that no one else does. So I'm happy to, to give
1: it out. And that's the value you bring, right? Like, I mean, your liens are obviously data or insightful given the amount of data and information that you have that people don't, but the value you're bringing is on this podcast, telling them and letting them know those differentials because uh, they can't get it anywhere else. So
0: yeah, absolutely. That's why we're here. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So with that, and uh, as we just discussed, the low confidence, but and we've talked about how good the money's been this year. I want to bring up another crazy trend. I don't know if I brought it up on the second podcast or last week's episode, but to date totals to date when the money percentage is on a team or the percentage of the handle, right, is between 65 and 70 percent. That team has gone eight and one against the spread.
2: That's insane. That's the sweet spot, right? So I just I just said on that last one, I'm not feeling good enough about putting money on it. My money is all over that shit, baby. Come on, sixty-five <laughs> to seventy is where I'm looking. That's Follow awesome. Follow that
0: money, right? Exactly. That's exactly the same percentage as seventeen and two. Like eighty, they're both eighty-nine percent profitable. Just
2: absurd. Yeah, that's nuts. The other thing too is like that's that's all you have to look at is the money percentage. You don't need to start like look at sharp percentage. That's simply just like people are feeling good. Like the public too is putting considerable amounts of money on it it doesn't necessarily mean that it's just sharps right exactly that's a good point too another
0: thing that i've thought about while compiling all this data is when you guys take all this information into into account it's important to look at every metric in my opinion not just one specific one because some of them will conflict but some of them will also add to each other
1: it's something i like to use like in my arsenal so when i'm looking at a bet i tend to or when i'm looking at a game rather and trying to break it down uh, i like to Check different boxes. And this is one of those boxes. Now there's data behind it. There's a proven track record of success. So whether it's like looking at offense, defense, schematics, whatnot, like that might be a box. This is one of those boxes that now you can check off and be like, make you further confident to pick. Make that pick instead of a one you play a two you play, whatever the case may be. If you like a team already, this can enhance that your confidence in that pick. So.
0: Yeah, it's a very that's a very good point. Increasing units is a great way to show to show your own confidence and to, to utilize this data. And that's another reason why I like it as more sharpen the public rather than just fade the public because we're not just taking this data and being like, oh, the public's bad here. We find out where they're good and then use that to our advantage as well. So in addition, we know the money's been doing well. they were eight and one between that sixty-five to seventy percent range, but also when they're just simply greater than sixty sixty five percent. It's gone 17 and 6.
2: That's also really damn good. Yeah, that's also really damn good. I like started looking through the, some of the slated games this week just to see what some of those are. Um, and there's already a couple that have caught my eye that have are either in that sweet spot of 65, 70 or uh, have, are above that 65% range. But I think the other thing that's important too is that um, I completely forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I forgot what I was gonna say. I had a really good thought there. <laughs> It'll come back to you. But yeah, we'll get to that when we get to
0: the other games. I've got some other listed that I'm really excited about based on these trends that we've seen with the increased sample size. But the last crazy trend that I've seen that I want to get to in just the spreads is another over. So brace yourselves. Between the 65 and 70 percent confidence range, when the public is on a team, they've gone 0 and 6. If you include the seventy seventy-five range. They're now one and six because like they went one and two between the sixty-five and seventy-five percent range last week, and they were zero and four. So to clarify again, between sixty-five and seventy percent of public bets is zero and six, and between sixty-five to seventy-five percent is one and six.
1: So between seventy and seventy-five, they're one and zero. Correct. Yeah, I was about to say. I'd like to see a little bit more of a sample size to to see because I mean, one week in the other direction where they go two or 3 and zero, you get a lot bit closer to back to five hundred. But that is that's interesting. That two thirds, because that means that the public is not like absurdly confident in a team, but they're fairly confident, which gives me some pause. So <laughs> it's, it's an interesting stat to keep to keep looking at for sure. Do you have anything um, about
2: seventy five and greater? Is how, or have there been any seventy five and greater this season for public?
0: Yeah, so seventy five and greater. On the public spreads is three and three, but that's a good point. I, I should have mentioned this earlier, but on the money, 75% or greater is five and two.
2: Yeah, I care about that money one a, a decent bit because just looking at the slate this week, it, there's already a couple that <laughs> have just been pounded. But again, uh, oh, this is what I was going to say earlier. Oh, this, okay. Yes, I have it now. When you're looking at the slated games and it's this early and you see the money percentages and all that, that's why it's important to wait to use this data because only about a fourth or like 50% of the wagers have actually been placed. Most people wait until the day of or the weekend to place these bets. So if you're taking a look at it as the podcast comes out, don't, don't be surprised when you see some numbers change by the time Sunday noon and one o'clock hits. Right.
1: And to further that point there, if you look, I mean, Action Network is great because they show you the amount of bets on a game. Right now, for the Thursday night game, so we're recording this on Wednesday night, there's about 53,000 bets, according to Action Network. For all of the games Sunday, they're at about 10,000. 10,000 to 15,000. So you're looking at, as Andy said, about a quarter of the amount. So definitely for these trends, uh, be waiting towards the end, because those numbers could completely flip on their head. Uh, Sharps could come in the other way, there could be an injury, whatever the case may be. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I will say that you will see around... 60,000 to to up to 200,000 bets on any given game on any Sunday. So it's really important to 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 wait till the public numbers really settle because one big bet on any side can really change that sharp percentage pretty easily. But yeah, so that's the spreads, public and money trends that I've seen. But I do want to touch on some of the over under stuff because we know that the public is good at bending the unders. It's historically proven through at least my data. The big trend that I'm really seeing so far, it's although it's a low sample size is when the public is on and over that's 75% or higher. So really confident, just as the public betting percentage, they're Oh and five.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but it's Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Patty Mahomes has to throw five touchdowns. <laughs> oh, Sorry, sorry, sorry to me and the public, because <laughs> that, that is hilarious to me, because I can just imagine people sitting there like, there's no way it loses, it's Tom Brady and it's Aaron Rodgers, there's going to be points. No, there's not.
0: <laughs> I mean, Pat, yeah. I, I won't call you out, but I will, because I, I told you about the under in the Dolphins game, and that had 81% of bets on the over, and you still took the over, and that, of course, went under, so. <laughs> that is,
2: Exposed. I, I, bit,
1: I bit on that game. I bit on that game, I thought the safeties and the entire DBs of... Um, Buffalo of the bills were out and that Miami would be able to expose them. And we got a 90% humidity day <laughs> where every player, if you watch that game, you saw the end of the game. Every player just collapsed on the field, like Not because they were sad. They lost or excited. They won. They collapsed because they were exhausted. I was getting multiple notifications from Twitter in the middle of that game saying player is questionable to return parentheses exhaustion. Like, that just doesn't happen.
2: Yeah, there's a good there's a good picture of Josh Allen just like hanging his head onto his shoulder after the game because he literally couldn't stand up straight. Yeah. So. <laughs> wild. Game. Can you repeat that one more time, just for importance and significance? Because that's, that's yeah. Zero and
0: five when the public is seventy-five percent or higher on the over. So <laughs> if you see a large, I thought you were gonna repeat that. I was over. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. Was no betting I overs. <laughs> So go the other way when you see the public confident on an over. Pretty pretty crazy. I do kind of want to, so that that was the craziest trend I think I saw in the overs. I will, I'm sorry, in totals. There are some other things that I want to get to. Like, I'll just rattle these off. So when the handle is on the under, that that is 17 and 10. When the sharp percentage is on, on the under, that is 20 and 11. When the handle is on the over, it's 6 and 9 to date. And then when the sharp is on the over, that's five and six to date.
1: So pretty much whenever uh, money is on the under, pretty it's, it's looking good, regardless of sharp, is what it seems like. And same with the other way.
2: Yeah. Is that right? That just goes like, this is so enlightening for me because whenever I, like how I used to do it was if I saw a bunch of money and bets on one side, I was like, oh. I'm just going to take the other side. Cause there's no money and bets on the other side, but it's like, you can't just do that because especially if it's on an under, like you would just expose yourself and yeah. be betting an over when you're going to see a game that only has 10 points in it. So it's like that. That's very interesting. This whole thing and, and those points as well. Cause like, we're just so used to going back to well and being like, all right, yeah, all the money and bets are on the over or on the under. So I'm blindly tailing the other side and that no longer is the case for me. So that that's, that's definitely important. Yeah, I,
0: I totally agree. One thing that I want to do before we jump to week four and start talking about what to look for and what we see from the from the public is I want to show how powerful this data can be and show, like, hist- in last week, if we had taken every game into account, how we would have been able to win with the data that we, we have. So I don't have every game here, but I have a lot of them. So I'm just going to rattle a couple things off but bear with me for a second. So Pittsburgh in the Thursday night game had 66% of the public. They're between that 65 and 70% range where it's 0-6, uh, and, and they lost. Colts had 18% sharp differential, which is greater than that 15%. We were all on that. We talked about it on the pod. They won. Let's go! <laughs> the Bengals had 88% of the money, and that is above that 65% range where the handle people are 17-6. They won. The Ravens had sixty six percent of the money, that's in that sixty-five plus range, they won. The Raiders had sixty-six percent of the public, which is in that bad sixty-five to seventy percent range, they lost. The Bears had a very low confidence sharp, they lost.
2: Bears pushed, depending on where you got at. I believe the line was three. I don't know if it closed at three or not, but it was three most of the week. Yeah, that'll and happen. Weekend.
0: It depends. I had it at minus four, is what it closed oh. out for. Yeah. So they didn't they didn't cover. Another point I should make is I always take the action, whatever it and it closed at in action, and whatever it opened at a week before is what I consider. Yeah, the last one, the last two that I want to cover. The Panthers had 26% of a sharp. They won. They covered. The Jags had a 19% sharp differential. They also covered. It just shows how powerful this data is. Every single game, you could
2: find a way to win. Whether it's fading or following. Yeah, I feel way more like, like I have the tools. I feel like Bob the Builder right now because I've got a bunch of stuff in my <laughs> belt. Ready to build a couple teasers, built ready to build a couple plays. I, I it was like, I was hating this week four slate, and then I like mustered out my early bets, and then I went and did some other stuff, and immediately I was thinking to myself, there's like, wow, I actually kind of like that, and like there's like four other plays, and so now I'm ready to to look at the board again with this knowledge. Yeah, that's why I'm so excited for this
0: podcast and to bring the data to everyone, because I am starting to get a little bit of. Feedback from from you guys listening, and I really appreciate it. Please reach out to any of us on Twitter at D J H Sports, at Andy H Sports, and at Rick H H Sports. I love this stuff. I think it's so fascinating. I don't like I've said before. I don't think anyone's ever touched on it, and it's and I just like as I just explained, it's it it can be very useful. So thank you guys for being here, and yeah, please reach out to me if you have any questions. So yeah, after explaining all that stuff, let's start talking about week four. And do you guys, have you guys seen anything? I mean, now that you guys have all this data, is there anything that you're seeing? I know, Angie, you said you saw some some certain numbers that you were excited about.
2: Yeah, the first one for me was the Falcons game. I don't have any action on this game as it stands right now. Check back in after you listen to the podcast and check back in on Sunday, because I might, because the Falcons have 64% of the money, so they're about to hit that 65 to 70% money range. But they do have a plus 19% sharp differential as it stands Wednesday night, 7 30 p.m. Eastern time. So this could change and it will change. But something to look out for because we could get a little double whammy here on the plus and on the 65 to 70% sweet spot in the money and that over 15% differential on sharp money.
0: Yeah. So again, reiterating Andy's point is that as more bets come in, things change, obviously. I think it was like 12 or 13 games had a greater than 15% sharp differential when we looked at it during the podcast on Wednesday last week, and then it ended at eight because the sharp differential went six and two. So it dropped about five games. So just be weary of that. I want to say, because we're on this topic now, I want to list off the teams right now that that are in that category for just sharp percentage. So... Excluding the Thursday night game, we have the Ravens, the Commanders, the Colts, the Falcons, as Andy just said, the Chiefs, and the 49ers.
1: I think that 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 Cardinals-Panthers game is going to be really interesting to follow from a percentage of bets and betting standpoint um, with Christian McCaffrey questionable right now. I mean, that game opened up as Cardinals minus three and switched all the way to Panthers minus two. It sort of hovered around there. Uh, so I think we might get some some interesting data as far as pub percentage versus money percentage there, given all the line movement there, as well as the the Patriots Packers, because that opened up as Packers minus six and a half. and actually got down to six. And then now it's skyrocketed all the way up to nine and a half, got up to eleven with Mac Jones being out. Um, and then now is back down to nine and a half. So th- we've seen a ton of line movement in those two games early on. And I feel like that's going to be reflected in uh, the numbers as we get closer to close.
0: Yeah, a thing to mention on the Cardinals right now is right now they have they have greater than eighty percent of the money, so very confident. Which is and seventeen and six, anything above sixty five percent for the money to date. So, I I'm leading Cardinals personally.
1: It's a scary place to be with the Cardinals these days, but I'm with you against the
0: papers. Yeah, with uh, depending on McCaffrey's health, we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm very intrigued to see why it is staying at that plus one and a half when they have so much money. But interesting. Vegas has taken a stand, and I know we discussed a little bit about that last week. But
2: Yeah, it's also worth, like, make sure to watch the weather in this game. I think the hurricane is supposed to be gone by then, but it's apparently it's moving pretty slow, so there could be some leftover rain. Um, The other thing, too, is I really believe that the Cardinals is a prime teaser piece at plus one and a half. Uh, especially riding on a low total at 42.5, that getting them up to a 7.5, as the line is right now, um, since they're plus in a six point teaser, they go from plus 1.5 to plus 7.5. So I, I love them in that. I did put out a play right before we started recording having them as one of the legs. So if that line is still the same by the time the pod comes out, just a lot of stuff can happen with the McCaffrey news. So definitely monitor that game because uh you guys are right there's a lot of money on the cards right now
1: in in addition to the uh to the Packers line um and some of those other lines that we were just talking about the Lions line is interesting uh they open up as five and a half point favorites against Seattle um got up to six and a half and are back down to four now so surpass the opening line uh, due to a bunch of injuries whether it be Amon Ra St. Brown who's had one of the breakout seasons TJ Hawkinson Josh Reynolds DeAndre Swift a bunch to the O-line um I'm interested to see how far the public ends up taking that line down um, and where Vegas sort of holds ground at um, as far as money coming in. So that'll be something that I'll be looking at throughout the rest of the week to see how that changes.
0: Yeah, I like the lines in that game just as a pure lean myself, but I'm going to have to wait there because I don't think there's only 12,000 bets right now and anything can happen with all those injuries with the Monra or DeAndre, so we'll see. Another game that I find fascinating right now, at least, is the Colts at minus three. I think this line should be a bit bigger. I, I think the Colts are way better than the Titans after having just beat the Chiefs and the Titans beating an 0-3 Raiders team. The Titans are creeping up on that 65 to 70% public range at 63 and then the Colts also have a greater than 15% sharp differential at 16%. So looking really good for the Colts right now. I like to back them after a huge home win against the Chiefs in another home game.
2: Yeah. One thing to be wary of here is I believe this is just off the top of my head here from when I was looking earlier, the Colts have lost the Titans the last three or four times out in Indianapolis. Now, how much you want to actually put into that really depends because we've, the Colts have had, they're on quarterback number five now in the last five years. So things change. That trend's not necessarily uh, as relevant as Um, these money and bets ones are, but figured I would just call that one out. I do have the Colts winning here in my, I had it in my preseason article. I still think they can get it done based on what they've been able to put together. And we will really see this week when the Raiders play Denver, how important that Raiders victory is for Tennessee that they just got last weekend. Because if the Raiders start 0-4, then it's like, all right, does it really matter that you beat the Raiders? Yeah, I, I can't believe...
0: I saw there was a, I don't know if it was a tweet or something, but a video of Derek Carr like selectively not throwing to Devontae Adams when he's like wide open. So there's some issues clearly going on over in Las Vegas that they got to sort out.
2: Or maybe Josh McDaniels is just an absolutely shit head coach. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's also a very possible outcome.
0: Another big number that's standing out to me is Ravens. They have 84% of the money right now and 32% of the sharp differential, which are both in very positive trends as we've been discussing so far this episode. So I do kind of favor the Ravens myself in this game at plus three at home. I think the Bills are the best team in the NFL, no matter their loss to the Dolphins. But plus three against Lamar Jackson, who looks very good this year.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting one, too, because the Bills do have a very beat-up defense, like Pat was talking about. So something to monitor to see if anybody comes back. I don't know how many guys went down in the Dolphins game. Uh, and if so, how many are going to remain out or not? But the, the injury thing is definitely something to monitor. Yeah, it was definitely a grueling game. And to everyone's surprise, um, Lamar
1: Jackson, actually, his passer rating, I think, is second in the NFL through this year. Um, I'm not sure who's first. My guess would be Josh Allen, but I, that, that could very well be wrong. I guess Jalen Hurts. Um, but it would be Jalen Hurts, but you might be a little biased.
2: <laughs> not Matt Ryan, that's for damn um, sure. But no. Or Carson yeah, Wentz. Uh, nor is it Carson Wentz. <laughs> so, you know but, what, though? Let's give Carson Wentz his flowers because he had three touchdowns the first game and four the second game, but now he's back on his bullshit in the third game. So maybe he can get a bounce back week four.
1: <laughs> I'm, as much as I don't want to admit it, the Eagles might just be that good. They're doing that every team. So I'll I'll, I'll give him a bit of a break. But to my point about the Ravens though, is so far through a few weeks, their rush defense is terrible, which isn't really relevant against the Bills since they don't run, but their tackling across the defense is second worst in the league. So, uh, if you, you're going to have some problems if you can't tackle Josh Allen and then that entire core of wide receivers, so
0: yeah, that that number might come back because the Bills have 48% of the public bets right now, but 16% of the money, so that's definitely one to wait on. The sharps will surely change there, but I don't I don't know if it'll come down from 32. I don't know if it'll be greater than 15, but we'll see. Another interesting game that I think we should all look at is. The London game this week, it's Vikings versus the Saints. Vikings currently have 77% of the bets and 88% of the money, so above that 65% money range, which is good. They're closing in on that 15% sharp range, which is also good. I like them minus two and a half. I think they're better than the Saints, and the two and a half is not a lot. And also, a crazy trend that I saw earlier while I was researching is, I think, exclude the Jaguars, because London is a home game for them. A team... Uh, or, I'm sorry, the favored team is seven and three against the spread in London.
2: Yeah, that's good to know. I've got that. Uh, the favorite is seventeen and ten ATS across the 27 games played in UK stadiums since 2007, as well as 20 and six and one straight up. I did not know there was a tie in London, but that's definitely interesting.
1: <laughs> but both these teams need to win against the spread. They're one and five combined against the spread this year, so. Uh, someone's got to break that trend. And I don't know. I'm with you on the Vikings. The Saints haven't looked good. Uh, as much as a Jameis Winston supporter as I am, a uh, crab-leg aficionado as I am, <laughs> um, it he hasn't looked good. Um, the wide receivers have been good, but him and Kamara have struggled mightily. So I think the Vikings are in a good bounce-back spot too. Well, they ended up beating the Lions, but they really struggled through that game. I think, they could,
2: I think they could build on that. Yeah, the Vikings really need to bounce back, especially after a lot of the credit that they're getting. Going into the season now, uh, they got rid of Zimmer, as well as uh, the huge week one win versus the Packers. That feels like so long ago, that week one win, because now it's like, oh, they kind of don't seem like the same team that we signed up for. Yeah,
0: I was really upset with that that loss on the spread last week because they missed two field goals. Lions also missed one, but they had, had they all made those, they still would have covered the five and a half. I mean, pretty annoying. Kirk Cousins. It's tough to bet on Kirk Cousins, but I get. Would you consider this prime time? Prime time, Kirk, 9:30 a.m. in London.
1: All eyes are on him.
2: So. What what time is that in the UK? Like 3:30,
1: 2:30. Yeah, something hey, like that. All American eyes will be on him. So I consider it prime time because that's where he shrinks. Well, man. maybe I we don't want to
2: bet on him then. <laughs> no, no, no. As long as he stays away. Well, if you're not
1: betting on him, you're betting on Jameis Winston. So <laughs> that's a boy. good point. So you're, we'll we'll have interceptions. I'll guarantee you that. So I
0: guess I'll wait to see where the public puts
1: their money, per usual.
0: The last game that I want to talk about is my good old Eagles. I will be there in the stadium at the link. So.
2: That adds a point of value.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to take the Eagles because of that. Minus six and a half. I think that's a lot of points because the Jaguars do look really good. Trevor Lawrence has been one of the best quarterbacks so far. So it makes me a bit nervous. The public is kind of iffy right now on on both teams. It's about 49% of bets are on the Jags, and then 56% on the handle. So all but beneath that 60%, so no one's really confident on anything right now, which is not surprising to me. I think it's a very good line.
1: I think it's a great line, too. I I don't think you can get a—I mean, it might get to seven, but— just because of how good you guys have played. But, I mean, the Jags have been really good, too. That offense has been humming. Um, It seems like Trevor Lawrence, without without Urban Meyer going to bars and getting lap dances from girls, um, that team is pretty well-focused, and they've got it going for them now. Um, I'm going to be on the Jags, whether the money's there or not. I had two Jags jerseys growing up, and I'm going to tail the hype while they've got it because it's not going to last.
2: Is that a Jaguars coming out party happening right now? Never thought that would happen.
1: <laughs> I only support shitty teams, so yeah,
2: clearly. <laughs> yeah, I I've got the Eagles and the Lions in my money line parlay for half a unit. It brings it to minus one hundred three as it stands right now. I could see it as people start to bet more and more on the favorites that that could creep up to minus one hundred five to minus one ten parlay. But I feel really good about the Eagles here because I think they are the far superior team. The Jaguars have been super impressive so far, but this is the get right heat check game where it's like, are you actually who you think you are? Or can you actually beat the red hot Eagles in Philadelphia? If that happens, you guys may not hear from me for a while because that surely means that the Jaguars are legit and they're going to be legit for the next decade with how Trevor Lawrence is doing and how young the rest of this core is like Indianapolis is screwed. If the Eagles win and it's all on a week four game in Philly, that's, that's the entire next decade. Future for us. <laughs> it's It's riding on this game guys it's a big if (laughs) but yeah I, I feel really confident that the Eagles can keep it rolling yeah I I'm
0: very pleasantly surprised with how the Eagles have have performed this year I will continue to to throw love towards them as as long as they deserve it I mean our receiving core looks like it's the best in the league our defense looks top five in the league our offensive line is one of the best in the league and Jalen Hurts is incredible is his improvement has been second to none and it's makes me very happy to be an Eagles fan right now
2: and hey, blame you also can't relate so
0: but <laughs> so, yeah give me the Eagles minus six and a half uh that'll be I don't know if I'll write that one up but definitely taking that so I want to be weary of you guys' time as listeners I want to try and touch on as many trends as we're seeing there's a lot that I actually didn't even get to it's fascinating data we'll continue to get more and more as we go through the weeks and we'll continue to do this every week please reach out to us on Twitter and everything. If you have any questions, we're going to try and do, I'm not sure if we'll do it this Sunday because I'll be out at the Eagles game, but we're going to try and do a Twitter spaces on Sunday mornings, kind of detailing where the public has moved because recording this on Wednesday, releasing on Friday still gives time for the public to put bets in. So we're going to try and do that on Sundays and have that to wake up to. So you guys can get the most up-to-date information and have the most accurate reads for your own bets so i want to stay true to what we've been doing on the podcast and still touch on community bad beats and our bad beats and i want you guys to to reach out to us on twitter or on reddit Uh, we have a we have a happy hour sports reddit a subreddit that i can also link in the show notes but please reach out to us give us your bad beats because while we also we talk about our wins we also talk about our losses and i want to feel your guys pain together because bad beats are horrible to have but also fun to look back on and listen to. So um, I want to focus in on my bad beat of the week. I guess I had two. I was pretty I'm, I think I'm like over 5 on unders even though the public has done very well on unders. I had the Titans, the Titans game looked like it was going to be an over the entire game. It was like 21 to 17 in the first half. The over was or the total was 45 and a half. I had the under. There was like 7 points or something in the entire second quarter until the last drive where the Raiders went to the goal line. Fourth and goal, Titans stopped them. The game was going to go under, and then a holding was called. The, the Raiders got another four tries. First and goal, they didn't get it. Second and goal, they didn't get it. Third and goal, they didn't get the touchdown. Fourth and goal, corner pass from Derek Carr to Mac Collins, hits the over uh, with a minute and a half left in the game. And I thought it was over in the first half. It came back, came back to life and now it's a bad beat and I'm terrible at betting
2: unders but the public is not so cheers to that <laughs> yeah so it goes you might be a sharp are you a sharp i must be <laughs> the host of sharp in the public has to be right yes absolutely yeah if you're not throwing $10,000 bets down then what are you doing
0: we were all i gave out the under to the giants game this week on monday and since i just gave one bad beat i'll i'll let rick speak to this bad beat
1: yeah, this is either a bad beat or uh, you you were on the right side of a number if you got in early enough because the line closed at thirty eight and a half and that's where we got it at, uh, but it was sitting at thirty nine and a half for a while. So uh, that game was looking brilliant at halftime. I think there were nine points a half between uh, Cooper to three, yeah, between Cooper Rush and Danny J- Danny Jones. So. It looked great. Uh, the second half, the offense had started to pop. And, and, and talking to Andy during that game, there were signs that it was going to happen. They were just being shut down in the red zone. Uh, but they were able to finally get there. And um, the, the Giants tried to mount a comeback late. And because of that, killed our under by a half a point. So sometimes it pays to be on the right side of that line movement. Sometimes it pays to wait and get on the opposite. So who knows?
0: Yeah, Vegas is just absurd. It, some, some, it It feels like that happens every week. I think I said this last week too. But it feels like I think it's just, it's absurd how accurate they are and how good they are at setting lines and and like when the outcomes still come to be true, half a point, 1.2 points away from the spread is ridiculous at that consistency. I think we talked about it, I don't know if we talked about it on a podcast or just together, but over history, it's like 51% against the spread Vegas has been
2: or 49%. I've I've always wondered, and it, it I'm, it's kind of funny you brought that up because I was really thinking about this the other day when I was driving. But like, what stats and what numbers and analytics do they put the most value in? I would love to know that. Obviously, you'd have to know somebody who does bookmaking that's now retired, or um, somebody that could be a mole and tell us. <laughs> but like, whatever they put value into from a stats and analysis standpoint would be fascinating. Or if it's just simply this is their job and they spend. 50 60 70 80 hours a week making the lines like i don't i don't know and a lot of it is like computer generated now especially like live betting like live betting is like for the most part computers and if the computer doesn't do it right then you got somebody sitting right behind the scenes and fixing it so i'd be interested to see how much is automated and, and what numbers actually they value the most going into that. that would be that's the biggest mystery 'Cause then we can just add that into the spreadsheet and then we'll win every week. Yeah. <laughs> if only
0: it was that easy. Uh, that's a good point. I know, right? That's a good point to end on, I think, is none of this is a perfect science. It's never going to be in sports gambling. It's always about finding ways to be better than that number, fifty two and a half percent or whatever it is. So I love these trends. I love I will continue to 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 push these out. And from what I'm seeing on Twitter and Reddit, you guys also find this really interesting and it makes me very happy to to bring it to you guys and yeah thanks for thanks for coming out thank you guys for listening to this episode of sharpen the public we've got again here we've got me at DHH Sports on twitter we've got andy at andy Sports on twitter and rick at rick Sports on twitter we're always we're all active there we're starting to we're trying to grow this community a bit trying to get everyone involved in what we bring into the table at happy hour sports it's really exciting to us that starting to get a little bit of feedback and starting to grow a bit. So thank you guys for coming out and always remember the boys bet better with beer. <laughs> thank you again for listening to our podcast. A lot of work goes into these episodes, but thankfully we love that work. It would mean a lot if you could follow rate, and most importantly, share the podcast, share it with at least one or two people who you think would benefit from this information. Maybe it's your buddy who sucks at betting in the NFL or someone who just started out. Remember, we are just starting out as podcasts as well and want to grow our community. We post weekly on Fridays and always come packed with information that you won't want to miss. So yeah, thanks again, and we'll see you in the next one.